All right, welcome to episode eight, the Ocho, ESPN the Ocho. I can't believe it's eight episodes already. It's for the uh, what's the, the dodgeball? Also, yeah, we do apologize for the uh, time, the respite that we took. It's been a hot minute. We've had to take a small creative break. Yeah, that's not why. Yeah, I got speeders, speakers block or something like that. No, just joking. We had Thanksgiving podcast block. It's good to see you, Stephen. I'm sorry. It's been a while. Yeah, we did the Thanksgiving episode. Then you had something going on. I was traveling a then little bit. Then you disappeared. Yeah. Never called. Never wrote. I'm not going to say I'm in the CIA. I'm not going to say I'm in the CIA, but I'm just saying I had to leave. For a you while. work for Homeland. It's something. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then you, I got home, and then you were busy this week closing a big deal. I guess. So we're back, something. and and the fans of the and we're back. The fans have demanded it, <laughs> which you know. Well, you got the emails. I don't know. Well, speaking of that, speaking of that, we're going to do quick, quick fan mail. Fan mail. By the way, we got a bunch of texts and actually a couple emails to our new email account, uh, oftenwrongpod at gmail.com. Yes. I'm not going to read them all, but I'm going to do a quick thanks. Like that. Got Georgie. You know who you are. Uh, awesome text up in Chicago. Patio. Chi-town. Yeah. Patio sent an awesome email about the Rich Reed episode because she used to work with Rich and I. Uh, so thank you for that. Wonderful. My, my boy, Ross Marooch. Uh, oh, that's perfect. Rossi. He like sent that. me, Marooch. He, he sent me a text saying that sounds like Steve and I are having fun doing this, which I think we are. What is the purpose if not to have fun? And then, uh, and then this past Saturday, Frenchie, uh, a friend of mine actually gave me some props saying he's learning something about wine, Oh, which is kind of cool. I mean, so. you've brought on some killer. We're trying. We got, we got an interesting one today, for okay. sure. And even our guest today is a fan of the show and a listener, and he sent me a text. First time caller. Long time he, yeah, yeah. He sent me a text yesterday that he was laughing out loud at something we said with uh, with Kushner's. I uh, don't believe it. I know. Well, I, I'll tell you, I'm. thank you guys. Uh, we love the encouragement. You know, share, encouragement. share this. And we, we've got it. We actually have a new marketing intern. Shout out to my daughter. Shelby, Shelby Reed. We're gonna, we're gonna. Ha- we have an Instagram page uh, that you're gonna be invited to like sometime soon. Yeah. So that way we don't have to post this stuff on our personal page. We can save that for friends. Because that would be stuff. weird. Yeah. Why would you post that? Like that. But um, MT knows what we're talking about. I know. Well, so so look for that. But uh, super excited uh, for our guest today. Sitting across. Me from too. Me. Sitting across from me. Got his hat on backwards, unshaven beard, like just no. You're you got. Oh, look at the kicks. It's nice. Um, so we've uh, we've been friends. I looked at this almost twenty years, Edward. Almost. We're going on nineteen next year. I gotta be honest. It seems longer. Oh man. Oh, no oh. I feel bad. Well, so we're excited. <laughs> so one of my friends, uh, one of the just solid dudes in the world, Edward Taylor. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Appreciate you guys having me. It's Thanks fun being here. Thanks for coming on. Nice. So you get a look. Real quick, give the viewers a look behind the scenes because I mean, this you're getting to see how the sausage is made right now. It's pretty impressive. It's an incredible situation right here. I <laughs> feel like this is if you take, if this you is take out Joe, of Homeland Security for sure. Hey, if you if you take Joe Rogan's podcast as the kind of it's, I mean, are we? It's close. Is that the standard? It's the standard. Yeah. I mean, we're the close. Three hundred and seventy-two behind him. I don't think we have. I want the head. Is the scale one million? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, Edward, I got to tell you something. This is episode eight. And I, I, one reason I'm excited you're on this, and I don't think it's a coincidence. Okay. But 
of all my friends, you you have more eights on your scorecard than I know anybody else I know. So it's kind of a fun, you know, episode eight, you know. Uh-huh. No, no, the snowman, like the eights on his scorecard. Yeah, I don't you feel get like it? that's true. Oh, it's just maybe a we just haven't played long enough together. It's just it's I'm it's just a knot. Steven, that means we're due. Let me catch you. <laughs> all right. So real quick, uh, Edward, uh, tell us a little bit. You're married. You got kids. Give us a, just a quick. Caroline, who is one of my faves, so. Caroline, shout out. Uh, she's a long-time listener, I'm sure. She's probably <laughs> listening to this episode right now. So, uh, yeah, we had our 10-year anniversary this past year. Got two great boys. Uh, Congratulations. Six and three. Ten's a big uh, one. I like that milestone. Yeah, Ten's a good it's a one. big one. So, um, it's uh, Witt and, Witt and Colson. They're and downstairs playing in my house. They're right downstairs now. playing right now. Um, hopefully, they're well taken care of. No, I left, uh, or I left behaving. Some, I left, I left some mouse traps out and some knights and... Some ammunition. It's third. I mean, Sadie's in charge. Probably. The ammunition he's probably pretty good with. It's probably the knives I'm worried about. <laughs> <laughs> well, so um, Edward grew up uh, in the Low Country. Are you, you're from here? Yeah. Well, unfortunately, Saint Helena. Well, yeah. Wrong side of the river. He mm-hmm. was he was a knob north of the broad. So <laughs> I was a, you know sob south of the broad. But uh, actually, that's a good question. Let me ask you that. What was it like growing up? North of the Broad, on a tomato farm. Like, what, so yeah. So what was the best part? What was your favorite memory growing up over there? The outdoors. You know, growing up on a farm and um, being able to do everything that that you know you could even think of: shooting guns, riding motorcycles, fishing, driving boats. You know, we were driving boats when we were like 10, 11, 12, and so most of our friends didn't even know. What's north of the Broad? The Broad River. Broad is Creek. Large, no, yeah. Broad River. Broad River. So there's a Broad Creek on Hilton Head. Sorry, yeah. Stephen is. Again, remember the episode where so there's no dumb questions, just dumb people. <laughs> um, so Stevens new to the Low Country. The Broad Creek uh, bifurcates uh, Hilton Head, but the Broad River is the large river, and you cross over to go to Buford. It's that big expanse. All right. So yeah. have you been to Fripp Island? What I think he meant to say was, "You're from Buford." Yes. Okay. Perfect. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah. And there's an island on the way <laughs> for the Fripp called St. Helen Island, and that's where yeah. that's where we grew up. Okay. But, and his, his, he grew tomatoes? His, yeah, his family, multiple generations. Still doing it. Really? Really. Five generations, maybe even six now. I've lost well, count. Well, I would like to taste some. I'm from Jersey, so tomato guy myself, and we should make some sauce. A lot of Jersey tomatoes. people are biased, but you, you haven't had ours yet. So. Well, of course we were. We were so... Uh, we were blessed to take a boat over this year and, and uh, pick some tomatoes, um, which was super fun. That was a good day. Yeah. All right, so keep going. I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, yeah. Well, no, I mean, I, I said it. I just went through them. But the shooting guns, riding motorcycles, you know, going on boat rides, my friends would always want to come out and come out to our house. It's funny, there was at one point when I was probably in middle school that I wanted to be in town. And I was asking my mom and dad, I said, can we move to town, please? And my yeah. dad kind of made a comment. He's like, if you really want to, you think about it. Think about it for a few days and let me know. And I ended up kind of thinking like, okay, that was that was stupid. But, uh, you know, so we were a long way away and it took about 20 minutes to kind of get to town and be with my friends and stuff like that. But most weekends, they were always coming out to the farm to play with us. And so it was it was a good way to grow up. That's Great. awesome. So uh, real fast for the listeners, uh, just 30 second elevator speech. What do, what do you do? Financial advisor. Financial advisor. Okay. With? Uh, Verity Investment Partners. Okay. So got an office right here in Old Town Bluffton. All right. Uh, um, so what's that well, mean? So I talk to a lot of people that say financial advisor. What does it mean to be a financial advisor? Well, so I say that because it's the simplest answer for yeah. a lot of people, but it can be complicated. Yeah. So 
you know, we are a private company. We're independent of any other broker dealer, larger institution. So nothing like your typical Edward Jones, Merrill Lynch, Ray J, whatever it is. Nothing against them. Um, it's just no, different. No, it's just, different. It's just yeah. a different approach. So would um, you be a registered investment advisor? Correct. RIA. You got it. Okay. And so just explain quickly difference between financial advisor, Fidelity, and RIA. Like what's it mean, fiduciary responsibility, stuff like He's that? He's triggered Larger by the this, fiduciary, so you got to be careful. The fiduciary responsibility is one of the big ones. And you'll see that when you see like a Fisher investment ad. All those guys are talking about that every time that they, you know, get on television or they send out some sort of product. Yeah. Fiduciary responsibility, the best interest of the client, things like that. You know, everything that the other brokerage houses would tell you, but they're not legally obligated to necessarily, you know, operate that way. Whereas an RIA is. So So I work with a couple of financial advisors and the reason I ask these leading questions is because it shocked me when I found out that the majority of financial advisors did not have a fiduciary responsibility to their client. And I have family members very close that work for some of the larger brokerage houses, Fidelity, Wells Fargo, JP Morgan. And when I started learning about the difference between financial advisor and fiduciary RIA, I was learning a lot. And it's just shocking to me, I think maybe how many, how few people know that <clears throat> when you go to see your financial advisor, they can only pitch you or only show you the type of financial investments. Their products. Their products yeah, that they have, they have, products, have yeah. right? And like so I can, if I work for Fidelity, I can only right. tell you about doesn't mean that Fidelity. You, doesn't mean products. that you can't make money. I mean Peter Lynch Absolutely is one of my not. heroes I just think in Fidelity. It's, you know? it's interesting that it's not um, people just need to do their research. So it talks about. Yeah. Right? And of course people need to do their research, but look, we've been taught yeah. by this financial education system that this is how you make money, earn money, keep money. And often it doesn't in involve the conversation with a registered investment advisor that actually has your best interest at heart by law. Steven, you know what I love what you're doing right now is we're still looking you know, for sponsorship. Ooh. So Verity, I mean, I'm just, you know. <laughs> Look. I'm just, hey, I'm just saying. Um, but actually, I have a question. So you did a good question. I have a question for Edward, okay? Because we got to, oh no. It's coming. I feel like we might have kids breaking into this podcast, folks. Uh, but... Well, before we'll that happens, I want to see if we can have some redeeming value to this podcast with having him on here. So I do know that Shelby and some of her friends listen to this podcast. Okay. Mm. A good, there's a good Clemson contingent. You know, At least four of them. Shout out. Maybe maybe six. Um, she just has it on speaker while it's happening. And so just a, you know, if those kids are working during the summer, got a couple thousand dollars saved up. How do they, what's the best advice intro into vesting? You know, like what would you, what would you tell your kids, you know, at 18, 19, 20, like how do I get into investing? Um, so, oh, that's good. And I have a follow up. You know, prior to having set up some sort of retirement account, mm -hmm. um, which by the way, if that's already established, max those out. No reason not to. That's, that's the best advice possible for like a young kid. Beyond that. With a match. With a match. Get with a company with your, that's with got your, a good with your, match. With employee you're talking about, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Employer. But you could set up a Roth or you know, yeah. an IRA and still yeah. make... A SEP IRA, which that means if you uh, you know are an independent contractor, if you've yeah. got a side business, if you've got a long run business and you own it, yeah. Do a Roth. So, yeah. Um, SEP. But use ETFs. Use a couple of them. But you don't need five. You don't need 10. You could use one or two. 
Don't try to get. What does ETF stand for? Exchange traded fund. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Exchange traded fund. Some way to get exposure to the broad market, S&P 500, NASDAQ, something like that. Some sort of broader index through uh, exchange traded fund vehicle. You'll chart, you'll, you'll be billed one, two, three, four, five basis points, hardly anything. And don't mess with it. Don't try to time the market. One of the uh, best experiences I had when I was in college, my dad gave me a little bit of money to open up an account and I traded it. It was a taxable, just standard stock account. And uh, uh, it was $5,000, which was a lot of money. And I proceeded to lose it within about six months. And I think that was some of the best education I ever got. Because you traded it. Yes. Meaning, Were you trading on emotion and like what you thought was popular? 100%. Or, oh, yeah. Well, a lot of times I still get uh, phone calls a day from businessmen that have been in the, you know, they're 60, 70 years old. They've been successful in different um, aspects of their lives and they want to try to time the market. Yeah. And it's, uh, I, I understand the human nature that's involved with that when they see some of the daily movements. But what you're doing is, you know, the, the price of the stock market is a function of human behavior. Yeah. And so when you're trying to time that, you're basically trying to predict irrational human behavior. Mm, yeah. How is that even possible? And possibly if and, you're a conspiracy and if, it, theory, and if you get it right once or twice, the odds of you getting it right six, seven, eight times and making a lot of money are slim to none. So yeah. don't do that. Mm, I don't no. know. I, th- I feel like I feel like you could do it, Pratt. Yeah. I feel I'm like gonna... you have done some good longs and shorts. Mm. Off and wrong. My gambling out. happens in Vegas. <laughs> Never. That's right. Um, well, so hey, real fast, we're gonna we're gonna talk about wine for a second. We're we're gonna make a little bit of a change instead of us tasting this and all that kind of stuff. So we kind of pre-tasted this and have our notes prepared. And but by we, yeah, he means Pratt. Pratt, yeah, exactly. Okay. Perfect. Well, these guys are tasting. Um, we are actually gonna we're gonna drink a Zin today. Uh, Zinfandel uh, is is wildly popular in the United States. It actually, fun fact, U.S. produces the most, uh, you know, the, the most amount of Zins in the entire world. Fun fact, grapes. Yeah, fun fact. But here's what's really interesting: we thought it was a, a U.S. grape until in the mid '90s, they decided to do DNA testing on the grape on the Zinfandel, and um, we found out, like, we knew the history that it, the grape vine itself had arrived from Austria to Boston via a, a boat captain that was a huge huge um, gardener and just loved wine and so we thought you know that kind of had come from there we didn't know where the origins were, were but what's interesting is it was traced back to the grape the dna grape origins are from croatia and so i hey, shout out i think Kristen crutchley right she her history is croatian i don't know if she listens to this or not but um the other funny interesting thing is about the zinfandel grape is it's the exact dna match to the Italian grape called the uh, Prima, uh, Primitivo, the Primitivo grape. And there's some controversy because, you know, they had some uh, root rot, you know, a hundred years ago. And apparently maybe U.S. sent some grape uh, vines over there. But anyways, it's just neat to kind of see that. But interesting. So typical Zinfandel, uh, if you're just learning, if you're just starting to drink, most people will start with Zin because it's high alcohol, huge fruit bomb. Yeah, uh, huge fruit bomb, and uh, you know, and, and and that's what the typical Zen is. So this one. So today we're drinking a, a red. I just want to interject because most people I feel like know like a white Zen. Oh yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> so this, this is, is a, a true this yeah. is a true Zen. Okay, but it's a really cool wine. You can find this in South Carolina. I don't know if you can find it other places, but it's from the Lodi region of California, and I'll tell you why you can find it in South Carolina. 
So the guy who owns this label, uh, it's called Time Place Wine Company. It's owned by Jamie Whetstone. He owns Advantage Distributors out of Charleston. It's one of the probably the top three distributors in South Carolina. And uh, so it's his personal label. So why wouldn't he distribute his own wine? Yeah, it's his yeah, personal label, label, which is really neat. But he likes sustainable grown stuff. Um, so he has partnered uh, with this... Um, this vineyard, a couple of vineyards out in Lodi. Um, but this one right now is the Zinfandel from Time Place Company, uh, Time Place Wine Company. There's only 28 barrels produced of this wine in, in, in 2018. We're about to sip, okay? So what's interesting, it's old head. There's a different kind. There's old head Zins. And it's been managed by this guy named Marcus uh, Bokish, which you guys wouldn't know, but he is a legend in the Lodi. He does the best vineyards in Lodi. And he does sustainable um, growing, but what, what's that mean? Sustainable growing? Um, it's how they what they do and don't put on the wine, as far okay. as uh, the, the chemicals and those type of things, and how not they, destructive to the soil. Type right. of, like really, yeah, sustainable how, wine yeah, growing. Exactly. All right, so um, we're gonna cheers to this. We don't have glasses though, so you will hear some clumps. Well, well, I want to say something real. What I really love too, and I, I do want to post a photo of this, and you did a great job, Stephen, of the link. So what's really cool is this label. You hadn't seen this. This label. Oh, cool. It's a photo. Yeah. So there's a photographer in St. John's Island uh, named John Duckworth. And this is a photo of Church Creek on St. John's Island. And, at sunset? At sunset in uh, South Carolina. Have you seen this? Yes. You saw it? Super cool. So it's super. So we're, you know, South Carolinians and yeah. you're a transplant. Um, and part of the reason is because of that type of view. Well, it doesn't happen in the Northeast. It's just kind of neat. So he produces four different bottles. He has four different uh, photos from the same guy. This is the Zen. I got this from Bill's Liquors. Shout out to Bill's. Uh, you know, I told you about my podcast. This is the third time I've used you. Yeah, hopefully you, know, you listen. If you want to start to throw out, <laughs> you throw us some wine. But also uh, any, taking partnerships and sponsorships. It, anyways, I will say this. If you, <laughs> if you t- get a typical Zen from Lodi, it is a fruit bomb. It's very purpley. Mm. Tons of fruit. This is actually really brown. It's very earthy. Um, it has some spice to it. Yeah, it has some spice to it. Um, mm-hmm. Like kind of like a, a you know northern uh, you know Pinot Noir or something like that. And it's kind of got like that that you there's know, a spiciness to it, which is weird in terms of like not like a Syrah spice. Yeah. Like it hits on a different part of the palate. Like a Syrah spice hits on like the front. Like Adam Sandler says, like a zippity doo da da. Like a zippity doo. <laughs> that's kind of this yeah kind of exactly um <laughs> now we're doing it oh uh, yeah so uh i'll let you guys do you have any comments and then i'm gonna t- i have this segment great with what do you guys any any thoughts on it and by the way the reason we're doing this is i'm not just drinking wine that i would typically drink and and no this buy. is a different it's a different off my palate yeah um but is this sub 15 no it's 22 dollars. 22 dollars 22 dollars um, you're drinking out of a plastic cup. I'm sorry. I'm not doing any more. Yeah, but it's a plastic master's it cup. It is a master's cup. That's a flex right there. That's I like true. That. Yeah. Um, so, what do you think, Stephen? Yeah, I mean, I. So, I like all wine, but what I like about wine in general is that it just hits different with all these different grapes that we're tasting, right? And we've had some where I'm like, oh, this is super drinkable. I know what I want to drink it with. This is, this is a little abrupt. It's a foodie wine. We need food with it. In the sense that I'm like, man, this will pair really well with something. And it hits the palate pretty hard. It, I, 
it's not aggressive. I, w- I wouldn't say that it's like undrinkable. What I say is like it's very fruit forward and powerful and I'm like, man, this hit in a different part of it's my got a throat. Different spice. It's got a yeah, different, di- different type different of spice. I actually, uh, I will, I'll, I'll admit, I cheated. I bought two bottles, and uh, Kim and I had this last night. And Kim's like, "Oh, this is okay. I'm not." And then we uh, reheated um, some leftovers, and it was a pork shank with a cranberry sauce over a wild rice from Chef George's. And the fatty of that mm. it changed the whole because it was, cut the whole thing. Yeah, Kim was like, "Oh my gosh, this so is totally different." What I'm different. thinking about right now, just during the season, is like a pork in a braise. Or a cider, like that type of mm. bite with a cider, is very similar to like how I would describe this. But I, I like it. Well, Edward, I know you're a tequila drinker, so what are you going to say? It's purple. Well, <laughs> you know, is. I'm, I'm well, it's brown. I'm more of like a, right. like a spitter swallow kind of guy, and and I'm swallowing it. This is Robin Spitz, former name Swallows. I think it's good. You know, I think wine with me is more about uh, the story being told. And I think that hearing you tell mm-hmm. the story in the background of this wine, as you're telling it, I actually enjoy the wine more. But that's just because that brings out the full experience of the wine that you're So drinking. I agree, right? When you hear about the winemaker and what the they've done. The photographer that lives on James. He lives in a barn called the Old House on Jan's, John's Island on the property of this winemaker. Like yeah. it's just, and he's just. It's super cool. And they all moved from California to here. So I'm going to put the link in again. Let's yeah. name the wine. Let's. Well, I, I, I told the listeners. Oh, you have more? I told the listeners right. that we would do a segment called Great With. So I'm just going to spit out my Great With. Fair. Okay. Let's do it. So again, it's not a sipper. It's not like a, a, a Rhone or something or, you know, a nice cold chilled white. It needs food. Does that mean it's a guzzler? No. What does that mean? It needs food. Okay. Yeah. You know, if I was going to if, if be a starter, are. like I'm going to be very specific, like a, a borgian cheese, you know, spread. So prasata. You know, so yeah, good. with a garlic herb, you know. Mm-hmm. Look, grilled burgers, barbecue chicken, ribs, anything with that kind of spice that would match with this. Yeah, I was going to say like a soprasata or like a charcuterie with like a spicier type of. Yeah. Well, yeah. hey, shout out to Tio's locally. They have the best carnitas in the world. Oh, my goodness. Honestly, this. That's the truth. With the carnitas. Yeah. And, and that pico on it. I mean, and anything with fat in it, like just to kind of get that. Yeah, you have to cut it a little bit yeah. with the fat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think you can eat this with dessert. You know, something that's um, got a fruit forward, like cranberry, orange, or fig, you know, a creme brulee that has, you know, that in it. I mean, even something as rich as a chocolate tort with like a raspberry reduction type of sauce, right? Like something that's going to cut yeah. through the the little bit of spice well i think works well so so just to close it out here okay this is called the fourth like we're coming in no time place wine company let's go this is the zinfandel okay buy it in south carolina amazing photography 22 dollars. right now i know i'm bluffing and get it bills liquor so all right let's move on we're gonna keep moving try to keep this let's do a little dad life no i like this by the way it's huh. i think it's we're doing well. on you mm-hmm. all right well let's uh let's go dad life okay dad life um, yes, Stephen. Since you're co-host, so we got what what's going on, Dad? Life got any anything fun? Anything? I don't mean, talk about Christmas because we have a special. Hey, we have a special Christmas we, episode coming up. It will. We're be, exchanging gifts. It's going to be amazing. That is going to be fun. I have one. It's inappropriate for the show, but nonetheless, we'll move on. So yes, Dad Life. Man, we're rounding out the holiday season in school, right? There's a lot of plays. 
Oh yeah, I saw There's you last so night. So many Christmas concerts, which are amazing until they bring out the horn section. Frankly, oh my god! If you're if you're a parent with under a sixth grader playing horns, God bless you. We will pray for you. Also, Drums. amazing job. I yeah, so good. So dad life right now. My kids are super pumped. We're going on vacation this week. We're going to Dollywood, seeing all the lights, doing the whole thing. And That's great. Tell me you're never from been. New Jersey, moved to the South, but you don't tell me you're from New Jersey, moved to the South. <laughs> oh, sorry. Dollywood's fantastic. No, the Christmas decorations of Dollywood. I mean, my dad, we're from Hey, I'm going to I'm going to spend a amazing. tenth of what I spent at yeah. Disney and probably have the same amount of fun. So I'm excited about it. Just a yes or no question. Are you guys listening to a small sales pitch about a timeshare to get a free buffet? No. Yes. Okay, no. No. Okay. okay. Absolutely not. Okay, good. All right. Been there, done that. <laughs> Bought the timeshare moving okay. on. No. <laughs> so you know, so as it relates to dad life, you actually were talking to me about this today because I did a social media post on it. And I, I think it's appropriate. It was this moment. It was just a teachable moment for my 10-year-old daughter. So they're having this academic competition right now. They have two days to complete as many of these computer type of like skills. And when you hit the leaderboard, you win a prize. So my daughter, for the first time, took interest in any type of competition, physical competition, sports competition she's not in. But she was like, I'm going to win this this week. I was like, okay. And she's been crushing it for a day. And she's on top of the leaderboard. We have Christmas concerts last night. Mm -hmm. She wakes up this morning. The girls surpassed her. Classmates surpassed her by a bunch. And she was devastated because she'd been working so hard and so diligently on this. And, you know, we look at it this morning. She's like, I, I'm just, I don't understand how she did it. She must have taken a computer to the Christmas concert. And I'm like, well, we're not worried about what she does. What are, what are you going to do? She's like, I'm going to catch her. I'm like, okay. So we have 10 minutes so we have to get in the car. Can you complete one more skill? She's like, yeah. All right, so she's doing it. I walk in. She does it. I'm like, hey, how you doing, honey? And she goes, I'm doing good, not as good as so-and-so. Right? And she's 10 years old. And I say, well, one of my co- I, I waited until we got in the car driving to school, right? I gave her some time to marinate on it. And I just said, well, one of my coaches when I was in school gave me a great opportunity to, to realize that winners focus on the finish line, winners focus on winning, and losers focus on the competition. Mm. A good and I showed her this great photo, and I don't know if you guys have seen it. And so if you're listening, like, go just Google uh, Michael Flat Phelps second place. And you see this amazing photo of Michael Phelps about to win another gold medal because he's the greatest in the world. And he is so focused on the finish line. And you have this swimmer who's coming in second place next to him. And he's coming in doing the butterfly. And he's looking over at Michael Phelps to see how far away he is. And I said, what do you think when you see this photo? And she's like, that focus on the finish line. Yeah. I said, well, that's absolutely that's true. And... You need to run your race. You need to finish your race. You need to not worry about anybody control else. Control what you can control, right? If you're yeah. doing it to the best of your ability, to the best of what God has gifted you with, you'll be a winner. If you focus on other people, it will steal your focus and your joy. you'll probably lose anyway. Even if you could have won, it could steal that victory. So... You know, for me, dad life, it was just kind of one of those teaching moments. And 
she really resonated with it and I feel like it gave her a new lease on how she's going to go attack things. Yeah. I think we get so caught up in life about how everybody else is doing that we forget to run our own race. So didn't we say before comparison is a thief of joy? Didn't we say that? We once? have said that. Before. Yeah. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Hey, I, I have a, a personal question for you. Um, when you said back in high school, you're a coach. Was that when you were training for the uh, ribbon dancing in the Olympics? Was that the... So I don't know if you guys have seen Old School, the Will Ferrell skit. You were, was, you were literally... That was based on me. I, that's what I thought. Yeah. Now, he was a little taller, but I'm just saying. Uh, yeah. Just slightly, but I was yeah. better so in that terms was of it. the twirl. I see you more as like a Vince Vaughn guy on the rings. but Still oh, holding. Iron Cross. Still holding. Still holding. Yeah. <laughs> He's not wrong. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a question, Edward, but I'm going to do my dad life first because I I have a leading question, but I won't leave. So I've got Shelby home from, shout out Shelby from college. Uh, She listens, so I can't go into it, but it's been an interesting experience. Uh, You know, you get into rhythms at life. And probably no toe stepped on. We got, we got rhythm without, you know, with two kids and this, and then all of a sudden, you know, she comes back. So it's been interesting. Um, and Shelby, I know you're listening. You did come flying in, e-brake pulled. <laughs> uh, but I, we, did, we, we did have, we did have uh, one interesting thing I want to share, uh, which I want to talk about next week. Another thing with JP and I, we're playing in our first father-son golf tournament, and he or I might not come back from that alive. Uh, but uh, so we had an interesting thing happen uh, this week. I can see that. We had, uh, we had the the. You know, the reveal to Sadie, our 10 year old, that uh, Santa's not real. So I, I wasn't a part of this. Sadie was coming back from a tennis practice with Kim and she said, Hey, mom, like, you know, I, I'm going to paraphrase, but basically, like, tell me the truth. You know, are, are you Santa or is Santa real? Basically, that's what she said. And I, and I, and I respect Kim. Oh, Kim, Kim never will never lie. She's like, look, I'm never going to lie to you. And the way I'm going to show you this is every time you've asked me this in the past, I've always, you know, you know, reflected, deflected back. Like, what do you think? But she's like, I'm going to answer you. And it goes, you know, I am Santa. Dad and I are Santa. You know, Santa's not real. And uh, it's been, I, it's been interesting to kind of watch Sadie process it. Mm. So, um, and then the, the, and the listeners, next thing, by the way, if you still believe he, that Santa's, Real delete talk <laughs> to your parents. Yeah. Uh, we don't have any listeners. They're a bunch of liars. I don't know. Um, but what's really interesting is we immediately had to sit her down and be like, hey, tomorrow at school. And now you, you can't share You this. can't go home. Or you can't go and say to your friends, guess what? You know, you've got to be sensitive. You've got to hold this information. And I'm looking at my 10-year-old daughter. I was like, we just put a lot of responsibility, you know, on her. It's too um, much. I was like, you know. Well, so... I, I just want to, like, when Shelby, how old was Shelby when she found out? I don't know. I, I don't know. Because I, I got to imagine she walked a lot in of, with a sign yeah. overhead, like, Santa's She was more so, like a, aha, caught you. Yeah. I knew it. You so know? my six-year-old, Harper, just found out the same thing. Oh, or, yeah. Well, we've never done Six that, years right? old. So, well, we've never done it. So she just is in the conversation, and I ask her, hey, is it coming up in school? And she's like, it's coming up. I'm like, how are you handling it? <laughs> she goes, I don't get involved. Just very matter of fact. She goes, Dad, I don't get involved. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, this is so amazing. And But what a different 
It's, it's interesting. Parenting thing. Well, it's, to it's think our about. last child. It's our last child. So now, kind of the. So what had the have, funny thing? What is did that, you guys talk about going to school tomorrow? What do you say? What yeah. do you not say? Well, then even I mean you know then wrapping the presents this year, we don't have to put Santa on it. Yeah, it's just. It's a it's it it's kind of sad as you're leaving that stage, but at the same time, I mean, you know, it's part of the the natural growth and stuff like that. But it's just we haven't processed it too much, other than you know we're like, hey, well, we don't have to pretend anymore. But it's new, yeah. yeah. It's just kind of a new thing, um, for sure. Uh, and the other thing I would say that's going on in our life, and we don't know what's going to happen, but I want to document this, is our almost fourteen year old dog. It's not mm. doing well, Daisy. We had a big vet appointment yesterday with the blood draw, and is it cancer? Is it thyroid? Um, so is it that she's fifteen? Uh, yeah. So we're hoping that uh, we don't have to go through the news of you know, the Christmas holiday, but um, it's uh, that will be a big impact, mm. uh, you know, as any any dog would. What a good dog! Oh, uh, she's awesome for sure. A good but girl. What about fourteen years gets? gets yeah. You know, well, it's it also a part of your life. I mean, it's that's interesting. Is, it, I mean, I don't know if Shelby would think of it this way, but you know, Shelby was five or six, five when we got her. I mean, like Shelby, you know, that's her dog. I grew up with her, and then you know, JP three, and then we had the dog before Sadie was born. Oh, I know for a fact so, that Shelby is. Yeah. Because, I mean, I'm just yeah, if you if you even say something derogatory about how I'm going to kind of ingest, yeah. she's like, yeah. She gives me. Evil She'll eyes. throw a machete at you. Yeah, that girl loves that dog, and I see a lot of that in my own kids with our new puppy. I'm like, in 10, 12, 14 years, we're yeah, going to be dealing with the same of type part of, of things. Part of it. Amazing. Edward. Okay, you're a guest. Tell us. Uh, tell us. Anything. Dad life. What's up with dad life with with the with the Taylors? So it's uh, so it's awesome. You know, every phase. We're so my boys again, six and three, but my my oldest, uh, Colson, turned six last weekend. So we're new in the sixes. Christmas this year is a thing. Last year it was, you know, pretty cool. But this year it's going to be exceptional. He's super excited. And I think that... So do Santa, don't do Santa? We do Santa. Okay. Santa is a thing in our sure. household. What's interesting is we do not do the elf on the shelf. Don't do the oh, elf God, on the shelf. Oh, God, never do that. Yeah. We, so, did, we did an angel. Don't we, ever did the, do we did the Christmas angel, which is a faith-based thing, but... I think Sadie knows it's... She just is like a game now. She knows I'm high. So we were gifted the elf on the shelf... A few years back, we left it in the box. For By the way, a shout out to years. the Jews that do the bench on the bench. Mm. Well done. <laughs> and so we just kept it like Snoop in a it. cabinet. Snoop on a stoop. And eventually we gave it away. Um, but now that Colson's like really getting into everything, he goes to friends' houses who have elf on the shelf. And now he's like, well, where's, where's mine? He's looking around the house trying to find the elf. And so we just sort of kind of like, well, we haven't found him yet either. We don't yeah. know where he is. Yeah. Um, he's still out in the cold. He's, so that's one of the things about kind of the holiday, the newer walls. It'll be exciting. But I'll tell you, so being six, you know, Caroline, uh, my wife, we, we, uh, she's missing the youth phase, that kind of like the, the real baby phase. Not like infant, six months, one year, but like three, four, you know, which my youngest is, but the oldest. But stay tuned for number three is what you're saying. Uh, no. no. <laughs> no. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> Too much. Listeners, yep, sorry. Uh, so, um, vasectomy. Sorry, I just cough. Sorry, cough. But so, I think one of the hardest things and one of the great things about him turning six, though, in this kind of next phase is his desire to have the independence. Yeah. And it's one of the hard things for us as parents still wanting him to need us. Sure. Yeah. And so, it's like, um, 
you know, but you also want it like the same thing, like, you know, being a parent is so exciting and frustrating and everything all in, you know, wrapped up in one basket. But like, you know, at the end of the afternoon, long day at the office, whatever it is, I come home, total chaos around the house. I'm like, get out of the house and just ride bikes around the neighborhood. Like don't, and the independence to do that, I love. But then when I want to be around him and want to be a part of his life and hear about what he's doing, he would rather be doing something else. And so that's one of those, it's, which, you know. Well, you gotta, you've got to create the environments, not that you aren't, but the walks down to the dock, which you have the ability to do, you know, um, whatever, ride on a golf cart. You gotta, they'll talk when they want to talk, you know, and you just create the environments to do that. So one of the things that we are excited about now that he kind of is slightly older, but to create those experiences and adventures with him yeah, Mm. to, take him to new places and to do, you know, not where it's just Colin and I going to do, you know, fun adventures, but bring the boys, bring him and have him get to have these wonderful experiences that, you know, we're able to give him. So it's awesome. So I have a buddy, uh, Jim Shields. We'll we'll have him on the podcast soon. He wrote a great book called The Family Board Meeting. We implemented this when my first daughter was about six. And now we do it every quarter. I'll, I'll give you a copy of the book. And it's really cool to do this. It's one-on-one time with your child every quarter. So you get one-on-one time with one of your kids scheduled. every quarter. It's a, scheduled. Scheduled. it's a scheduled meeting and they know about it. And then your wife will do the same thing, right? So everybody gets their own one-on-one time. So I love family time. I love daddy-daughter dates. I love the whole crew going out. But this has been a game changer for us, which is every quarter, all three of my kids know that they're going to spend one-on-one time with me for four hours. Whether we go learn how to fish together, Mr. Pratt teaches how to shoot some stuff, like whatever it is, two hours of a fun activity that they do, and then two hours of, of a meal conversation. And all my kids look forward to this so much. They know it's on the calendar. They know that once a quarter, we're hanging out one-on-one with me and mom. And it's four hours just trying to figure out what you like to do as a kid and talking about stuff. And they know they're going to get That's asked. Some, they're going to get asked some questions and it gives them. And I don't, I don't even push it. Right. What's yeah. cool is like when you go be fun dad and then you go out to lunch, your six year old be like, how was that for you? Mm-hmm. Right. My six year old daughter was like, were you scared? <laughs> I was like, I was terrified. She's like, I never thought you got. Scared. Was that at the petting zoo, by the way, when you it, saw it the was? Goat? I mean, was that the goat to the petting zoo? There was an ostrich. Zoo? Oh, you see this thing? It's taller. These things are huge. Yeah, the yeah. They're terrifying. Yeah, they're anyway. <laughs> that's <laughs> so, a good. That's a good thing. I like that. But we, these types of uh, and somebody taught it to me, and I was like, man, this this is cool to implement as a dad to just create some consistency in the communication aspect, and also maybe we go skydiving, maybe we go. Just swim. Insurance uh, companies, uh, he is not skydiving. I don't skydive. Mayday, mayday. (laughs) All right, pull it back. (laughs) See your six-year-old daughter jumping out of an airplane. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So we've all gleaned. I've gleaned from others. And, you know, Edward, you know this. I do the the father-child birthday trip every year, and it escalates as I get older. But it just creates the, the... the opportunity for a conversation. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. And the cadence. I think the yeah. cadence is yeah. important. And they too. look forward to it. It's you know, it's not just a random thing they know. So. Yeah. That's and I think all, I, both of these are great ideas. I think that we're just getting into that phase where yeah, it's now yeah. going to be impactful. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, so, no, we didn't start till I was eight because it was, you know, you got to start to be able to where you can travel and stuff. But. Well, so, so fun. I grew up doing Santa the whole thing and had like boot marks from the, right? <laughs> whoa, like, whoa, 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 wait a second. This guy is, he's cheating. He grew up Jew. He got both holidays. He he got eight crazy nights and a Christmas Eve. This is true. So it's but not. Look, I was adopted because I was abandoned. I mean, let's be. Like well, fair. I will tell that the maybe I got some extra. I will tell the because listeners. I had some loss. Hey, I will tell the listeners if you tune in to the Christmas special, I had special, a crazy night. I promise you, I will post a photo of his his star of David on his neck. That's true. Yeah, I will. Are you going to call the special Christmaca? Yeah, at least. Or at least. Have Adam Sandler call in. Yeah, you know, and do uh, and we had a crazy night. Oh. Well, we got to keep moving because we're yes, trying to keep this do. down. We're at forty-two minutes, I think. But, but I, wanna, I love, I love it. I, I just, I briefly want to talk on golf, and then we'll do our aha moment just briefly because okay. I want to document. We're in a very interesting situation in golf right now with PGA and Live I mean, in the golf world. In the golf world. I mean, oh, so you, man, you've got, and I you've never got, even cared about it until. Yeah. 18 months ago, and now I'm so enthralled. Well, it's like got, watching a freaking reality show. You got John Rom leaving, which was interesting. And then last week... You know, and then every, interview after interview of like, I'm never leaving, and yeah. then leaving. Yeah. Well, so 600 mil, we do that. Hold on one second. Uh, but then I'm on this trip last week, and there's rumors of Tony Finau. I mean, Americana, you know, Utah dad of the year. And now he did come out yesterday and say, "Hey, I'm excited to play." Not leaving. Where, where, you know, where I, where, you know, I'm defending my stuff. But that wouldn't have come out if the talks weren't happening. And then you've got. But he hashtag not leaving. I know, but then you've got Jordan Smith saying, yeah. "I don't blame Rom because both places are in disarray, PGA and Live. He just went where the money was. I mean, like this is shocking to me. I mean, I feel like there's you know, a lot have- of disruption taking place, and you've been following it your whole life. From your perspective, the last two years has been chaos. What do you think is happening today moving forward with some of the biggest names in golf moving towards live? And then... Um, well, I'm the biggest conspiracy theorist when it comes to... Oh, my to goodness. Who, oil money there is. Who, who's, well, who's the guy... Um, Laura McElroy? No, he's, he's like a real old school golfer. And he was like, yeah, if this was happening... Without the cash, Fred it would Couples. never happen. Fred Couples. Yeah. I and love that you just said that because I got a question for you in a minute. Um, but I just, let's just real fast, Edward, what do you, I mean, you're a big golf guy. And what do you think, what do you, what's your take on all this? Well, I, you know, I think it hurts the game in general. I think it hurts the willingness for spectators to kind of tune in with the, the gap. And, you know, splits. who's playing where and who's playing, you know, yeah. And um, so I, I, I'm, I'm, not a fan, you know, early on, there was a lot of talk about the politics of it. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see if people start to pivot. But they, um, they said they were going to merge, right? Well, I, well, there was discussion of that. Pratt would know better than me what, where that's. And I think there's like a two week deadline until it actually happens. And all of this like rumblings taking place. Yeah, I mean, my hot... So you don't like it. Well, I wonder, you know, where the media deals are now, too, and how the PGA is renegotiated for future years going forward, because I don't know how they're going to fund some of the purses that they have now with some of the players that are yeah. um, exiting. I just... It seems to me they're going to have a hard time funding what they've sort of promised, and I hate that. I wish it was all still in place, but we are where we are. 
how do we make the most of it? And I don't know the right answer, but I don't like where we are. Well, I'm gonna, here's my hot take. I'm a little bit older than both of you guys. Hot take. Hot take. So I lived through the 99 Maguire Sosa home run, you know. And oh, then, me too. And then the down, then, and then the down, Cheaters. the downside of it of, oh, it was, you know, it was all steroids. And you're like, oh, wait, do I poo poo it or was it entertainment? And there's some virtue there. And there's, the answer is yes. Yeah. So, so my hot take is, it's all going to combine in the next year or so. And that's a short answer. But the PGA so are is not going to... So saying no, that no, the, the, PGA, the PGAs can't... They, so look, look it up. I'm, I don't want to go into this, but you know, earlier this year, PGA took a $200 million you know, line of credit out from Bank of America to, to compete. And they burned through you know, basically $100 million in three months, four months. 50 million probably in legal fees and 50 million doing purses. And they're like, this is not good. We can't compete to what they've created. And I'm not saying Liv has created something great. They have oil money. Yeah. They will outperform but, you but in the courtroom. But, but well, let's just to say something. You like Tiger Woods? Fine. You know what? 10 years ago, he got paid $3 million to go miss the cut over in Saudi Arabia. Uh, Rory McIlroy got paid $3 million to go play. They've all, Dustin Johnson's won three times before they went to live over there. This, the, the idea that it's the Saudi oil money is the problem, that's not the problem. The so problem I think is the, the idea charity. of purity in the game is the problem. No, the idea charity. that nobody's getting paid charity. to follow the money. Charity. And so explain that to me. So we've always virtue signaled, that's a new word, that the PGA was all about you know charity and stuff like that. But let me tell you something. I, I'm, I'm, you can fact check this, but I'm pretty close. So you know our last when Fincham, who's the was the PG, you know the president of the PGA uh, tour, left, which is probably seven years ago. I think our number one player outside the FedEx point uh, FedEx maybe made four point six or six point two million, which is a ton of money. But Fincham paid himself forty million dollars. So when the you know the director of the tour and we're getting way into the weeds, but the players are fed up with it. And if someone's willing to pay for entertainment, there's good things coming. Like what people don't understand is the caddies got treated like crap in the PGA Tour. They couldn't come in the clubhouse. They didn't get food. There's no health care. All of a sudden, guess what we're doing to compete? Oh, we're giving them food. Oh, we're giving them a car. Like we're becoming, we're shifting. Competition's good. Yeah. Now I, agree. I hate that we're we're you know bifurcated in two different but i'm telling you within a year to two years we will be one tour yep and it'll be a war, world tour which i hate norman but norman said we need a world tour and that's what's going to happen because you look at these i don't care who it is at&t buick whatever that are sponsoring these tournaments they're going to put in three million why would i put in 10 more million dollars so that those guys can make more money i don't see the roi on it so now the tours have to put in money and the tour doesn't have money, but we've talked about this too much. I, I just, just think it's super interesting to be competition season. Golf is changing. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm new to golf. I think we're you gonna, guys are more old school golf. Like I think, for me, I think, I think, I think we're going to, really I think we're going to see a decline in viewership for a little bit and it's kind of, people are going to pee poo it, but I think it's going to be really cool when we get it figured out. But I want to ask a question. Okay. I want to ask a question and it's just, uh, we don't have to pontificate on okay? I'm going to ask you this question, okay? Edward Taylor, what's your favorite course you've ever played? But this is not the question. I just need to answer real quick. How about a local one? 
Just pick a local course because you could drive to it. Uh, local would probably be Secession. Okay. So here's the question. I'm going to give you an option. You can play Secession for free the rest of your life or play one round at Augusta with your foursome of your choice, but then you never get to play golf again. What do you choose? It's not even a question. What well, it's funny that you say it's not even a question. To me, I'd play Secession. Okay. Yeah. I, now, I dream about playing Augusta, but to never play golf again? Yeah, no. exactly. I'll play Secession. Well, Stephen, you're, you're new to the golf, so I would, I'm going to rephrase it for you, okay? Okay. Just hear me out. I'm, let me read this question since you're new to golf. Don't interrupt. Don't interrupt. Saying. Don't interrupt. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a question that's more relevant for you since you don't really have something to equate to Augusta and your favorite course. <laughs> would you rather sword fight an orangutan once a year or have to fight a chicken every time you get in your car? Chicken. Yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah. snap a neck, also get dinner. Yeah. It's such a win. The orangutan is so strong. The orangutan oh, is the so strong. Are, Have you seen... You would die. If you had a sword fight, yeah, orangutan... I mean, look, if anybody's questioning, just Google orangutan versus human, you're wrong. I will snap a neck of a chicken and have dinner yeah. every single night. Well, Mike's story, God rest his soul, has passed away, but we have a 1960s state fair fighting orangutan for $5 story that I can tell one day, but... So I'm with you. I'm actually with you, Edward. I would choose to play my favorite course free the rest of my life before giving up golf just for one round of Augusta. And I think that's. I think I'm. I think you and I might be a little, a little skewed because we both in the back of our minds think we might get an invite. Well, that's what I was about to say. I think that. I think that we're both. Kind of for, young enough, and we're in some yeah. circles that maybe one yeah. day we'll we'll get for that invitation. For our listeners in Kazakhstan, so, in Ohio, maybe they would choose a perhaps a different approach. Yeah, yeah so but. it's super interesting because I also feel like I'll get an invite one day to Augusta, and also we'll play where I live for free. Well, you're paid dues forever. Well, Stephen, if somebody <laughs> took my dues on, I'm saying I would continue yeah. to do that. I just don't think I would ever give up this new game of golf for me. No, you can't. The camaraderie. Because I really feel like there's so much intertwined into it. And Now, would you fight an orangutan with a sword to play Augusta? I could so tell you I would probably lose a limb. <laughs> this is super interesting. Do I get armor? Well, you get a sword. No, right no armor. Just, I'm gonna tell you, there's no, no amount. Chance. No, no. I would lose a. I'd lose. No, a it's definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll create. Relationships Another episode. I'll tell you about how I passed up a chance to play Augusta to marry my wife. It's a good. It's a good well. Episode. Well, we need to. We need to I've heard this story, and I can't wait for yeah. the listenership yeah. to hear it. But well, it was the right decision. We're not wrapping up, but I want to finish up with. I think a, we are. Aha moment, real fast. Do you have a quote or aha moment? I'm going to start with Steven, and then I'm going to ask you a question. No, it's got to be him or you Okay, first. So so are you ready? What do you have? Sure, I'll go. So it's funny. You I listened. was thinking. Do a little, yeah. Sorry, Mike was kind no, of far you're away. Good. But so I was thinking check, about um, you had mentioned one of your daughters earlier and teaching like they were in this competition and what failure does for us. And I, I, I love quotes on failure, not because you, we strive to fail, but that's where we learn. Um, that's really where the, the wisdom and the education comes in life. And so this quote is actually from a movie called A Good Year with Russell Crowe, mm-hmm. yep. about 20 years old, you know, yep. wine movie. He's kind of like, he's a stockbroker in London. His uncle dies, gives him like this, you know, vintage. 
anyway, not vintage, vineyard, but um, it's awesome. So they're playing, if you, I know the movie, there's a part where they're playing tennis. Russell Crowe as a boy is playing with his uncle and, and his uncle whoops him. And he says, so a man learns nothing from winning. The act of losing, however, can elicit great wisdom, not the least of which is how enjoyable it is to win. Mm-hmm. It's inevitable to lose. The trick is not to make a habit of it. Mm. And I really love that quote because I, I just think that in, in all aspects of our life, we deal with you know ups and downs. That's and good. the downs, it's, it's important to think about what we can make of them, what wisdom we can gain, how we can learn and become stronger on the backside. So okay. anyway. That's really powerful. That's good. I agree with it. That's what I got for you. So I'm actually going to flip the square, script and ask you a question. I wanted to ask it earlier. It just didn't, the flow didn't go. But I think it would be a great way to wrap this up. Stephen, you haven't had the pleasure of being a witch friend for as long as I have. <laughs> uh, so side note, what's really interesting <laughs> is I met Edward before I met you. I remember. Uh, in Bluffton. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember. It was so like weirdly strange. And then you were like, was oh, at, he's coming tonight. I'm like, was it at <gasps> one of the really cool whiskey clubs that I don't want to be a part of? Anyways, uh, just joking. That's, um here, so in all, in all seriousness, shut him up. <laughs> in all seriousness, I have a question. Okay, I have told you this before, and I want to say, I want to, I want to say it again. You are one of the biggest champion of other people that I know. Thank you. Seriously, it, it's a continuous kind of positive attitude. I know you have down times. I know we all have, but it is infectious, and uh, people want to be around you. So I've asked you this before. But I would love to you pontificate on a little bit about like where does that that attitude come from? Like you know, was it something your parents instilled in you? You know, you just seem to have a positive outlook on life. Was it an event in your life? But you know, I've never seen someone encourage other people as much as you do. You know, I don't know if you're going to like my answer, but I don't know if I don't think I have a, a good answer for you there. Like I don't, I can't remember a single moment that my parents did something or some event that I learned to just see the best in people. Um, you know, there was my mom and my dad have always said that my father's father never, ever judged people. And so that maybe could be where some of that kind of personality trait um, comes from. But it's just, I don't see the purpose in going through life without a positive attitude. Mm. It's just, we all are on this you know world for a short um, stint. I want to make the most of it. And to have, there's just, there's no, I don't see any reason behind it. And Mm -hmm. even if if you're having a bad day, shake it off, figure it out. You got, whether you have kids at home, a wife at home waiting on you, whatever it is, there's always a place to find joy. And that's just what I seek to find day in and day out. Well, you do a good job of it. Definitely. Um, So good. Yeah. Being able to actually frame it in a way where it's like, what's the point in not doing it that way? Yeah. Is so amazing. It seems simple, but we get so. It's simple, but it's we get cultivated and multi like you know manipulated in our society to be like, hey, we need to compare, we need to judge. But Edward, you've always done a good job of that. I mean, every time I'm around you, you've encouraged me, you encourage our family, and I mean, who wouldn't want to be around you? You know. Well, I appreciate it. No, absolutely. Well, I will say this: we're going to wrap it up. Thank you. Thank you guys. The, yeah, the, the Ocho. Here, so good. You know, uh, so Ocho, Ocho. Not Cinco, but Ocho, nonetheless. Definitely. NFL winner. Well, let's do this. Let's call it a wrap. Cheers.
Salud, boys. Thanks so much for being here. We out. Episode eight. See you.